Good morning, listeners. Today is August 29th, Tuesday, and you're listening to the Daily AI Show live on all channels, including TikTok. No, not TikTok yet. We're getting to TikTok next. Uh, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, Spotify. So welcome today. Today's topic is quite interesting, I suspect. Um, <laughs> admin, administration. It's, it's, a, it's a broad category. Um, and we want to talk about how AI is simplifying office administration. Now, versus define, what is office administration in everybody's? What's the first go-to you think of, Beth or Jumi or whoever? When you think of office administration, what's the first go-to you think? A- HR. HR. Okay. Wow. What do you think yeah. of, Beth? Yeah. I think of documentation, both writing it and making sure that it is being written, right? Oh, or gosh, captured I'm in some kind face. of way. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you before I get to the other three guys, I'm going to tell you my first go-to is um, Dolly Parton for some reason. (laughs) In 95. I don't know why. That's my first go-to. It's my wife's favorite movie. So we watch it more than I would care to admit, (laughs) at least once a month, it seems. Well, just Um, just think about if you're going to use the entertainment world as an example of what administration is, then just think of The Office. Yeah. That's the office, and then it's just all about wandering around and chatting with your workers. <laughs> That's the, and, and how is AI going to help us with that? That's the big question. Oh, Michael Scott. Okay. AI is going to be doing the function while you're actually you wandering. While you're, you're drinking okay, coffee. Here, I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to give you the uh, tour of, uh, of administrative services awesome. within the corporation here. I'm okay. sure most, we on this. most of us so, are. Uh, let me know if you can see that yet. So this is the uh, this is the world of administration. Yes, uh, it does no, include HR for sure. These are all the all the other functions that are required to operate a business uh, that are kind of in general the behind the scenes thing, right? So there's the front office, marketing, sales, operations, you know, supply chain, all that stuff, and then there's behind the scenes, and this is business administration. So how's AI hitting these? Let's just run w- really quickly through these uh, six that you see here. Uh, and uh, I'll start with information technology. And this is an obvious place where AI is really making a big difference. Uh, but this is a specific time type of uh, uh, technology. This is the stuff that is supplied to the users or the workers in the, in the building, so to speak, or around the world. So supplying you know computers laptops desktops etc network infrastructure internal user support so on by the way just speaking of ai i'm i'm here in google slides and you see this little button up here help me visualize well i this is an in, insertion of ai into the uh, you know uh, microsoft stack of of tools that you use so i i use those to show these very cool things i just said uh, you know, futuristic wearable computers uh, and uh, gave me those images to throw in here. <laughs> so you, on the forehead. <laughs> and Andy, you said you're in, you're in Google's and then you, I think misspoke and said this was an example of Microsoft, which may also be doing this, but this is, that's a uh, Google no, add-in. This, this was added in Google. Yeah. Cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, did I say Microsoft? I, so I'm actually in, this is a docs.google.com presentation. Yep. And over here, you see this little help me visualize from Google labs, let you insert into that something. Okay. So I, if mm-hmm. I misspoke about, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. 
Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so let's just take one quick example of what's going on with uh, with uh, IT. Uh, here's, uh, if you see this little announcement, Atera increases efficiency in IT management fivefold with Azure OpenAI service. So this company, Atera, which is a platform for doing IT inside a corporation, is working with Azure OpenAI. And basically what they've done is they've provided a chat bot that will actually do work on your computer systems uh, in response to queries from individual users. This saves the internal customer support for IT a little bit of time and trouble. So that's an example of incorporation of uh, um, AI into IT. Let's Andy, go on. So I come from an IT background and I never even thought of that before. That could be the, the help desk of the future. Yes. It's just that thing alone where you've got users saying, why does my computer not work or why is Windows not loading? And you can use AI to probably answer and help with a lot of that stuff. So that's a really interesting job. Yeah, it's reinstall the system software. Like being being able to add a new tier. So instead of just tier one, tier two, and tier three help desk, you could add in your initial uh, chat uh, tier of help desk to answer 90% of IT questions. I, I too come from an IT background. So uh, yeah, from uh, in, wow, in the trenches. I'm going back to that slide there. You yeah. guys, let's go nuts here. Let's, <laughs> tell us about it. But <laughs> that's exactly right. There, there's a lot of uh, sort of um, AI driven, more action oriented uh, service in the IT infrastructure world. Uh, so that, you know, the AI will actually fix things, uh, not just, you know, provide responses about how you can fix things. Mm, well, that's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In business process management, I want to show you a tool out here that is called, uh, this is app.checklist.gg. Say goodbye to manual checklist creation and generate large volumes of checklists in seconds with AI. If I click new checklist... I can create from a prompt, from a document, from URL. So in business process management, you're talking about workflows and documenting them, diagramming them. You can start with a checklist and then create an information flow diagram, a transaction flow diagram. Those are all being assisted by AI. And this one, checklist.gg, it, you know, it offers to um, you know, create a much easier approach to doing that whole um, evaluation and optimization of business processes. Mm, cool. Okay, back to HR. Yeah. So we actually here at the Daily AI Show, we invented a really important uh, concept here yesterday, which was in using video, uh, you know, let the, let the major domo, uh, you know, CEO and or major facing uh, representative of the company do all of the onboarding in, in any language around the world, uh, you know, using videos that are automatically translated by AI and actually accomplish lip syncing. So see, look for that being one of the startups that emerges from the daily AI show. <laughs> okay, but these other functions of AI are, are you know, obviously getting, you know, like that, that's kind of a, a training uh, related one. Employee relations, you can imagine that you, you might be more comfortable than reporting to the HR person. You might feel more comfortable, you know, putting a question or a, a complaint into an AI assistant. 
that's an interesting one. So that, that's an idea. I, I'm not sure how payroll is going to be assisted by AI. I hope I get more of that uh, payroll coming. Well, payroll could all be automated. But uh, I want to I want to go back. This is not necessarily a pushback. It's just an observation with regard to HR. You know, uh, it kind of makes me think about the insurance game um, and using AI to uh, deny claims, which somebody got in trouble recently about that. If you've heard a class action suit, um, but I, I'm I'm I think of HR and I think of uh, a, a AI being involved in something that. Um, there's liability involved. Like you, you don't want to have a decision informed or made by artificial intelligence that could present the company in a, in a state where they can be sued or liable. Right. Yeah. So uh, a lot of times they'll, you know, was, was being used in insurance to, um, to help uh, set rates. And that could be depending on where that data was trained, you could be in big trouble. Because there's race, there's gender, there's there's different factors that it pulled in to make that factor, and all of a sudden now you're doing something illegally. So, yeah, I guess when it comes to HR and using it for recruitment specifically, right? Mm -hmm. Can you you can see how that can be messed up if it's making decisions or informing decisions? Uh, but you can, can also think about um, not just recruitment, but also tracking um, employee performance. And depending oh, wow. on what industry yeah. that is too, yeah. right? So I'm sure like, oh, how can we track employee performance? Use AI, AI to do it. And then, oh, this employee isn't performing well. Guess what? Like, well, we'll let you go. And then like, that's a big, I, I'm sure that'll happen in the next three years. In some yeah. form, we'll hear a story. Yeah, about yeah so, so the, the gonna... HR systems like Bamboo and others uh, already have a lot of those features built into them, but they were programmatic, not AI-driven. Right. And, and, and so... I think the real trend here is that most of these big providers to enterprise and to companies are going to incorporate AR. At the, at the bare minimum, they're going to have conversational AI interface chatbots to at, gain access to, if I have a question about my benefits, for example, instead of having to look through documentation and search through documentation, I can just ask the question. Go ahead, Beth. Well, and not just benefits. Like if we if we take what we're talking about, if we take the ability that we're talking about, if we have the ability to track somebody's um, performance, we also have the ability to interface uh, with helpful suggestions. So one of the things that Salesforce has as a manual process is creating like a sales timeline that you can see like how things are moving through and you can, and there's a section where you can put like best practices are these sorts of things and you can automate. So a new task goes on your list. If you have not, if this is uh, considered a hot uh, lead and there has not been a communication recommended within um, within a certain time period, right? Like all of those are things that you can set. Well, all of those things are now going to be things that you can not only automate that, but automate kind of a chatbot kind of thing. Like I'm thinking um, Khan Academy just came out with like Conmigo, you can learn anything with a buddy. 
right? And the buddy is communicating with you in the way that you like to be communicated with. Hmm. Uh, Carl, like what if you have like this, uh, you have the, you have information, you have strategies about how people are successful in your particular business. Now, sure, you track them, but you also in the tracking have like this, but like onboarding buddy, like here you go. And the onboarding buddy could even be, be, segmented so robert so that like uh okay i if you ask me this question i can um like if i'm speaking as the chatbot now sorry <laughs> if you ask these series of questions um those get answered within the within the wisdom of our community based on our documentation um and if you ask these series of questions, the answer is that's a great thing to bring up with your manager or your sales lead or something sure. like that so that you can start to help shape what makes really great employees really great employees. That's, awesome. a, that's an interesting one, Beth. There's a, a, it reminds me of a phrase in the marketing world that a lot of people may be aware of, and that is what you can't measure, you can't improve. And so, yeah, you could have AI tools monitoring people i mean there's already stuff out there that does that now but it could be the alternative is monitoring them finding out where they're deviating from best practice and helping them get better at the areas where maybe they don't have the training or maybe they don't have the understanding of how to do something right and so it could actually be like a coach i guess i think that's kind of what you were trying to say beth um so i think that's a really interesting development if that comes out and i'm sure it will you know well, i've got a I got a little bit of a pushback on that. Um, so no, that's not your job. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, what did I call it? Uh, counter repost. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, pushback. My, okay, so so he we're, we've been talking about how AI so far in specifically in HR, whether it be the uh, the minefield that recruitment might be, or uh, like Beth, you were you were just talking about um, having that AI buddy or or whatnot to help develop um, uh, develop an employee. But do don't you think that this might be an issue of uh, socialization, right? So each each layer that we're putting in here that separates like oh here you can have your AI buddy do this oh your AI buddy you can talk to about that. Doesn't that break down the interactivity of your team? Because then you're, in, you're, you're clearly siloing employees from management or you're siloing employees from each other. So I'm just wondering if there's, uh, there's an issue with separating the human quotient there for this particular kind of thing. Now, so, I, I totally see the benefits of it, using these tools to empower any, you know, uh, any level or any any employee into their growth and, and things like that. But uh, I think it's we got to be careful on just keeping more and more separation between everybody. Right. If I'm explaining myself correctly. And uh, I'm going to jump in. Anybody else can jump in, too. But um I think I, I've said this before on the show. Um, if your intent is to do something badly, you can use AI to do something badly, right? Like mm -hmm. I do not think, I think it's something to be aware of. The point is not to make sure that people don't talk to each other anymore. The point is to make sure that people talk to each other about the things that are important. 
Right. I'll, so, I'll say one way to ameliorate that would be <clears throat> as part of the response that the AI could offer up. Here's a list of people in the organization who are at their desks right now who are well versed in this subject. Right. And so that might even prompt interaction, but better informed interaction because you've already kind of gotten some context from the uh, from the AI. Well, okay, here's an example. Here's an example that we're taught, like one example where you could either have a human or a bot. So, for example, if you're if you're a taxi company and your driver needs, I don't know, information on how to do a specific thing, they can either radio into dispatch, they can look up in some sort of manual, or they can go through a chatbot and like, hey, I can want to do this. And when I was talking to um, uh, I don't know if it's an owner or whatever of a, a company, they were, they're like, yeah, this would help on these specific things. And I remember he said, we don't want them to do this because they, we want them to still do dispatch, but this set of questions, yeah, we don't want anybody because it's the most use waste of our time to answer them. And those are mostly new drivers. So this is where we want to deploy this. And so I think there's like a balance of what can't, especially ones that are repetitive, like don't, like, do you really want to keep having people answer that, those same things? I think that's where you can definitely integrate AI to relieve people of not having to do that. That's training and onboarding 101. Yeah, that's a great yeah. use case is using AI to do these things that are repetitive and and just really onboarding and training that that is black and white, right? But I think yeah. what Jimmy and Beth were talking about is more of the, gray area relational issues that come up that might need delicate hands that AI could make worse uh, because you might take a person down a path and um, and not be able to control that path. And now you're liable. So that's, I think. I so, think so the you, minute you use the word delicate, <laughs> like <laughs> may, maybe AI is not your... Right. Is not your first go-to. Well, could you could you just imagine like someone using character AI to be that business liaison, like trained a character AI like business? I like Snoop Dogg as my you know HR. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, I mean, I mean, Pi AI. What is it? Pi dot whatever. Pi, yeah, you know, from yeah. Integrity, whatever. Uh, th that's pretty impressive for. First, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advocate for it as an HR manager. And, and let's be clear, HR department of the purpose of HR, they don't work for employees; <laughs> they work for the company. Yeah. So, yeah. but good. Let's move on now quickly. We've got a couple more areas to discuss. One is finance and accounting, and this is an area where you know the AI's ability to ingest enormous quantities of data in the form of spreadsheets and/or output from uh, uh, ERP systems, etc makes uh, for forecasting and budgeting, uh, you know, improvements. And, and uh, there's a bunch of different players out there who uh, are doing, I'm just going to show you a quick thing. Here's seven best AI tools for finance teams in 2023, a self-serving uh, blog entry by data rails, which is one of right. them that offers the very first one, but you can see that there's a bunch of different ones that are out there. Uh, they, they, uh, Domo is a business intelligence system. It helps the finance team and visualization is working hard on uh, incorporating AI. Uh, so that's an interesting one and one that uh, you know I have some familiarity with, having worked largely with business intelligence system Looker. Uh, you know I'm I'm curious to see 
I don't have access to Looker anymore because I'm outside the corporate environment. But um, I'm, I'm curious to find out when Looker will incorporate AI to accelerate the ability of business users to have access to the company's financial and, and uh, sales performance information and, and create visualizations. That's what Code Interpreter does. You can feed a, OpenAI's Code Interpreter vast volumes of data and say, what up? <laughs> what up with this? And it'll get, come back with an analysis of that information that's quite sophisticated. Uh, okay, so AI could be really interesting for forensic accounting when you're trying to track down people diddling the book somewhere. Indeed, yeah, monitoring and, and uh, looking for exception reporting and uh, you know uh, aberrations in the in the data is an important skill of, of AI. Um, I'm going to just point out that supply chain has a ton of uh, you know big iron AIs that are addressing the supply chain area. So this is a definitely an area where companies can find the specific vendors who are working with this particular area of finance and accounting and see some uh, advantages. And finally, legal. Legal, I'm just gonna cite a couple of different uh, applications. The first is contracts. <clears throat> no longer are you know, paralegals and, and lawyers spending any significant amount of time drafting contracts. Why? Because the large language models do it well or better uh, in many cases, and then you have to review it for hallucination and so on. But contracts are uh, being done now by the legal departments using AI. And there's some big, big players out there, heavily capitalized, who have done this sort of you know advanced tuning of the large language models for legal contracts. Uh, I'll mention a couple: Case Text and Harvey. Those two are like the mm -hmm. big players in uh, in legal AI. Um, I'm sure there are players in regulatory and IP and risk management, but I'm not familiar with those sort of niche areas of application, but there are thousands of startups out there looking for those niche applications and, and refining and tuning AIs to do that sort of thing. So that's the world of administrative management of organizations. Nice work, Robert. Oh, sorry, Andy, I'm like, oh. I'll, I'll take the compliment, I didn't do anything. I won't say I, I never occurred to me that office administration would would basically be in, would include the topics that you discussed. It, it kind of I, I just don't compartmentalize it that way. Uh, I still think of office admin as maybe it's because I'm stuck in the 80s that it's like uh, the greer at the desk when you're building. You know, that's the admin or the executive assistant. I guess I'm the president of a division and I had two administrative assistants. As of about 2000, I have never had an administrative assistant since then. That has disappeared. The greeter, the administrative says they've been replaced by something. And so a little bit of an anachronism to think well, of. Tell, that, tell that to my last boss because uh, <laughs> he had one. Uh, yeah. He, you know, we won't get into that, but yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, and I, I think office manager is more in line with kind of a lot These of the topics functions. like, yeah, yeah that kind of manage the functions of HR, of payroll, yes. of kind of hiring. And there's a little bit of a, more of an HR role there. I can see that, but yeah, just terminology, I guess. So yeah. uh, we got about seven minutes left. What, what kind of uh, contributions, what do we want to talk about for the rest of this and, and any things that we haven't touched on? 
So have any of you guys got any other thoughts on what we looked at? Well, so I've talked a lot, but I have a question because um, the, the financial thing that Andy put up said that that's what Code Interpreter does. And I have heard, but not verified, is Code Interpreter included with OpenAI's enterprise yeah. option? It is. It's, it's a version of it, but it, it does allow for that same type of um, technical analysis. Yep. Which so is that basically- seems big. That's huge. Yeah. The enterprise announcement that OpenAI made yesterday uh, is big. You have to go through a salesperson in order to get access to that. And uh, operators are standing by, I'm sure. (laughs) But (laughs) the uh, the enterprise package, which we can segue into that right now, but that's going to allow them to have data that's not um, trained. So your, your data won't be trained by AI, won't be learned, won't be housed. You'll have encryption back and forth. Um, it'll have the code interpreter. You'll have a bigger context window, 32,000K uh, token context window. What am I missing, guys? Um, SOC 2. Uh, access to the full API. Um, yes. No, no limits. Yeah. No limits for queries. admin levels, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I think function calling, too. Um, yep. So it, it's it's going to be, obviously, who who qualifies for enterprise. You know, that's, that's going to be a question that is... Now, now we're getting into the realm of, oh, you're giving big companies access to these awesome tools. Now what's going on? That's not fair. Right now, OpenAI was almost like a level a leveler, right? It brought everybody up. And now we're giving enterprise access. Now I'm a little bit like, come on, guys. Now, now you're turning into... That's you know, the world we live in. <laughs> I, I think it's just a bundle, Robert. They're bundling up a bunch of uh, you know features and services <laughs> at a certain price and, and then making that implementation path. So me and I were talking just before the show and, and he's uh, waiting and I think it's soon coming the version of this enterprise offering for small and medium businesses. Uh, it's going to be there. And it'll be one of the ways that you can access all these things, but you can also, you can do it yourself. I mean, or, or, you know, there's a thousand little entrepreneurial companies that are supporting the implementation of these same features and functions in small business. Yeah. Go Carl. Carl, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, completely forgot now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering how is enterprise level going to impact that? Because right now they're trying to, they're trying to move themselves out of just the chat and the API into an actual product. So now yeah. they're they're packaging, as you said, Andy, and I, I'm still unsure about the pricing and if you're if you have to be approved. So I, I'm I understand your point about it being a package, but I don't necessarily think that's quite that simple. They're going to be like, oh, you're not enterprise, you don't get this tool, and you don't get the faster API, you don't get <clears throat> the more complex code interpreter. So I would disagree that it's just a bundling. I think it might be a little bit more access and and better tools for those higher paid. I mean, it might be priced high. Yeah, I think it is a it's a price spectrum. I, yeah, I think you know you, Robert, at WSI. If you pay enough, you can get into that system. Yeah, like I know so, uh, when I read the announcement, it said that one of the companies that was um, they were talking to, they mentioned Canva, which is uh, like a billion dollar company now, and I'm proud to say it was started by a young lady from Perth, where I live, um, and it's uh yeah, it's a huge company. So they got lots of employees, lots of money, lots of equipment, yada, yada, yada. So you can imagine how much they're going to have to pay for that kind of access for the firm. 
and it will be the same for all the other big corporates and government departments as well. Well, that changes that begs the question then. So, why? How does this inter- interrupt the landscape of offerings? How does OpenAI coming out with a product interrupt all those companies that Andy was referring to that have products and solutions and integrations? And then, of course, it, now they're putting themselves right in between Google and Microsoft. Yeah. Google and Microsoft, they're coming out with their stuff <clears throat> pretty soon. Next, next three to six months, they're going to have their own products all embedded in their enterprise level in their ecosystem <clears throat> that does all the yeah, but, but beautiful remember, things. OpenAI is massively funded by Microsoft, so they're already on that side of the fence anyway. Yeah, but, but OpenAI also, ChatGPT loses money, like is losing money. Yeah, yeah, no, but they're so, independent now, so they're they're going to go after the agnostic kind of market share that's not embedded in those two ecosystems. So this is a play for that, and I and I'm recognizing it, and like it's interrupting those other smaller companies that created solutions on the back of those APIs. Now it's like, no, you don't need those companies. Again, it's happening already. You're already if you can't create a company last month, you got funded in seed rounds. Now OpenAI just killed you. Well, I would mention that when oh when um. Microsoft made the announcement about their investment in OpenAI and started to build around the Azure system, the integration of OpenAI uh, services. I thought that that was a partnership between OpenAI, which originally started out as a, as a, I think it's a B company or it's a, a nonprofit. Uh, and I thought Azure would be the deliverer of any enterprise services that would be using OpenAI. But this is a surprise to me. The announcement that OpenAI is coming out with an enterprise version seems to be competitive with Azure OpenAI. Yeah. And they've done that several times. Both Microsoft and uh, OpenAI yeah. have done different things because Microsoft, because they're to their admission, they have their an own their own version of the language model. Yeah, they, it's what they called a, a, a inference, not inference. A, Instance. They have their own instance of OpenAI, so they're they're doing much different things than OpenAI is. So, I'm curious. Whenever it does come out that a copilot and everything is all integrated, I would do a side by side test. I guarantee they're going to have different results because the yeah. RLHF is going to oh, be different. The fine tuning is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah, and you can. So the thing is, though, is, does anyone have any access to Duet right now with Google? So their email, their um, yeah, their email, their docs, their uh, uh, Google Sheets, AI integration. Does it help me write? I do, but it, it sucks so bad. I didn't. It's terrible. So yeah. I was, I you know, even you compare it to Bard. I was like, why would I even use this? This is not very good at all. So no. I'm hoping that, you know, anything that Microsoft comes out with is from what I've heard from other people who have are in the program. That's like, oh, it's really great. But I'm like, I don't know what that means. Um, right. And it could be great for them, but for people who like for us who use it regularly, then what does that mean for us? Or will we even be using it? And yeah. is this, well, is this that, just that, a case of oh, or we're sure. already time. Man, I've got so much more to talk about. I just <laughs> wanted to quickly say I'm just wondering if this is just a case of first to market. Like they, this is going to steal. I, I love that idea, yeah. Jimmy. Uh, if 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 Microsoft comes out first, which they kind of have, and they were able to demo it like January first or something, I guarantee you're going to have shifts from people leaving the Google ecosystem and going to Microsoft if it can blow people away. Because right now, what you're seeing in Google, as as Carl said, is not impressive. 
So don't count Google out. They're they're so big and they have so much behind the curtain. Yep. Yeah. I think they were just forced to to release everything a little yeah. earlier than that's they right. Planned. They got rushed. Yeah. Yeah. They All need right. a better story, right? Like, I mean, their stuff <laughs> improves. Their, <laughs> their stuff improves, like, but like they just release an, a better version. So you go back to it, you're like, wow, this is so much better. Why was this not like? Where was the story that said check Google out again? All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. On that note, uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> okay no that's seriously true. like and subscribe no, seriously, seriously, yeah. Yeah. no uh thank you for listening everybody on on linkedin and youtube yep and uh, we'll see you tomorrow same bat time yeah, same bat channel all right Yay. bye everybody